You're listening to a Share Radio podcast. At this time every week, we're going to be talking about gadgets and gizmos. And I'm joined in the studio by one of our resident experts, uh, Steve Kaplan, a man who I know personally has an extraordinary interest in gadgets. Indeed, builds many himself. The only man I know who's built a camera obscura in his um, uh, brother's garden, I believe. Not that I've actually seen it, but you've shown me pictures of it. It looks very impressive indeed. I'll have to get my brother to invite you around for tea so you can see it yourself. That's very nice indeed. Thank you. As long as it's made in a proper pot. <laughs> Your interest in gadgets, my interest in tea. Exactly. So, each week we are going to be talking about some of the things you can go out and buy, some wonderful new toys, some which might be too expensive to buy, but we can just envy uh, if other people have them. But what are we going to start with this week? Well, I suppose we should start with my favourite gadget of all, which is the electric bicycle that I cycled down here on today. Yes, now I, kn- I know why you got this, because at one stage actually you, you had some particular ailment that meant that your legs weren't as strong as, as they were, and yet somehow, even now you've gone back to normal health, you're still using this electrically assisted bicycle. It's pure laziness. What I like about the bicycle is the fact, well, I live at the top of a two-mile hill in all directions. And when I go out, I used to go out thinking, oh, I'm going to have to cycle up that damn hill every day when I get home. But with the electric bike, I know it's always going to get me home. So I, can, I use the bike ten times as much as I used to, and it always gets me home again. Interesting. As you know, I'm a cyclist. I cycle on a conventional mm. bike. Um, I feel that somehow I'm actually doing some sort of exercise and it's healthier. Presumably in the electric bike, which, which helps you enormously, you aren't really getting that much exercise. You're getting the wind in your face. But... No, you get the wind in your face, you have the illusion of doing exercise, which frankly is almost as good as doing the exercise <laughs> itself. The only thing you have to remember is to pretend to pedal when you're passing other cyclists going uphill. I Otherwise see. they get oh, dirty looks. Yes, I can understand that. Now, at my local bike shop, when I go in to get my ordinary old-fashioned bicycle repaired, I do know the guy who runs it, Mark, uh, does have one of these. He travels a long way to work in the day. And I do know they are not incredibly cheap, it has to be said. My one was about £1,300. It's made by Whisper, which is surprisingly a, a UK company. I didn't think there were any left, but there is one left, and they make electric bikes. And it has a road legal mode, which I've never quite found, and right. an off-road mode which goes significantly faster. Interesting. So this is the one to go for. OK, that's fine. And do you have any recommendations about particular ones? Whisper presumably spelt as in talking quietly oh, rather no, no. than a chocolate bar? or It is uh, somewhere between the two. I think it's W-I-S-P-E-R, but I can check that. OK, that's fantastic. So your, your Whisper bike, which is not exactly a snip, it has to be said, but... Uh, uh, no, but you can pay a significant amount just for a regular bike made of titanium or whatever So what difference do you notice when you're actually cycling with one of these? You simply press it and it's more like a little moped or something? It's like a little moped, yes. Unlike a moped, uh, it's limited to, I think it's uh, about 18 miles an hour, mm. um, which is fast enough on a bicycle. But uh, unlike a moped, you don't need to wear leathers, you don't need to wear a helmet, you can go the wrong way up one-way streets, you can cycle on pavements, all the things that cyclists can get away with and no one right. else can. Okay, that's am fine. I allowed and to say that? I'm not allowed yes, to say of course that. you oh, can. Yeah, okay. uh, and and it's, a, it's a battery that you have to charge? Is a battery that you actually charge up as you're pedalling? Or, uh, or no, it's a battery that you have to charge, you plug it in uh, and it takes uh, two or three hours to charge up the battery. And then, depending on how much you want to pedal, it will give you, it'll give you a full day's use. Okay, but ultimately, if the weather is appalling, you're still going to get every bit as wet as a conventional cyclist. You're just going to not be pedalling through it. Yes, how could an electric bike stop you getting wet? I, I don't know. I'd like I, if I could work out the way of actually really cycling into work and cycling back and not getting wet. I'd be much much happier. So when you've got a gadget for that, please 
tell me. Um, back. I, I, I recommend an umbrella. Okay. We, we can come back to that one. So first gadget of the week, an electric bicycle. A second gadget of the week. Um, this is rather curious. This is called a bubble pod, and this is a device for producing 360-degree photographs from your smartphone. What's uh, rather nice about this is that it's clockwork. So it is a truncated cone yep. about six centimetres high with about six centimetres diameter at the base, uh, narrowing to maybe five centimetres at the top. So it's very slightly conical. You twist it and it clicks. I love the idea that something like this is clockwork. It's just wonderful. When you put it down, you then launch the app. Right. Which I'm now looking for. Okay. Um, you, you can't find? Excellent. Which I can't find. Talk amongst yourselves. I will talk amongst myself. So I'm intrigued. So this actually does take a complete 360-degree picture of something. Uh, it will take, a, well, in this case, it'll take a 360-degree picture of the studio. Okay. Now, I realise most people out there won't want a 360-degree picture of the studio, in which case it'll do pictures of just about anything you care to fire at. Oh, I see. So what you're simply doing now is putting your phone into the slot on top. I'm putting it into the slot on top, and I'm going to press the button on the bottom that says, let's go. It'll, it's now telling me to get ready for capturing, which is a very scary thing to be done. <laughs> yes, yes. And I can press the red button, and now I press the button on the phone, and it starts... Okay, that's extraordinary. I mean, it starts with a bit of a jerk. Does that not It has matter? a bit of a jerk, and you can hear it taking... Can you hear those pictures yes, being taken? Yes, so yes, it's not video. It is taking individual pictures. Extraordinary. And it is stitching those together one by one as it takes them. And there's just enough power in one twist of it to wind it up enough to do one revolution. And once it's done that, it will assemble all the pictures, and with any luck... It'll assemble them, it claims, seamlessly. And sometimes it does it seamlessly, and sometimes you can see quite a clear join. So that, in fact, is now done. So what is it called, this camera? It or is the, called the device. Bubble Pod. Yep. It costs £25. Right. And it comes from a website called BubblePix, BubblePix.com. And is that PixPix? It is PixPix, exactly. Okay. As you predicted. Now I know you're something of a of a uh, perfectionist um, and a great expert. I know in in things like Photoshop. So what do you actually reckon the results of this are like? Um, not very good. It's it's reasonable. It will give you an overview of what a room looks like. Um, if you've got like a group of friends sitting around a table having dinner or whatever, and you can use it to capture the atmosphere of the scene in a way that you couldn't with a single camera. So that's rather nice. You end up with a panorama that you have to um, look at either or through the app itself or through the website. You can upload images to it. Um, and here is the image that we just captured. So and you, simply, you can simply see it, see it turning round in essence, when you're looking at it on, in the app. So a bit of a, a sort of gimmicky thing rather than necessarily something that's going to turn you into a, a wonderful photographer. A bit photographer. of a gimmicky yeah. thing, but it's a nice way of capturing the essence of a scene. So the sort of thing that kids might enjoy immensely. That's impressive. Okay, thank you. I uh, wasn't expecting it to be like and that. You can, uh, and you can pan around the image, and it's as if you're sitting in the middle of the table and you can look all the way around and you can see everyone who's there. Um, you do have to kind of remember that as the phone is passing you to keep 
I suppose, reasonably still while it takes its picture. How nice. We're going back to the early days of photography, we where are people not, have to not a steel freeze completely. <laughs> That's the kind of thing. So that £25 and um, a bit of fun, and it's nice for capturing those family moments. A good Christmas thing, because you can put it in the middle of the table, and there is your, your Christmas lunch being served. Yeah, I can imagine kids enjoying that immensely as well. There is a significantly more expensive uh, version of of this, which we will look at next week. Okay. um, And which I think you will enjoy even more. I shall look forward to that. Thank you, Steve. So, what do we have next? Well, next, I'm going to um, move on to... uh, It's another photographic tool, and one that I rather like, and it's a light. And the thing about taking photographs, you go out specifically to take a photograph and at night or in a darkened room you can either rely on the flash that's in your camera which Mm. will flatten out any scene make it look ghastly as you know it kills any atmosphere or you can just take it in whatever light's available or you can use a handheld light this is an led array and it's array of 40 little led bulbs it's um called a kick light and it comes from a company called rift labs riftlabs.com and it sells for 179 dollars which is quite a lot for a light yes but i suppose any professional photographer would find it useful uh certainly or certainly amateur photographers so you turn it on and what's rather good about it is uh, first of all it's rechargeable so you can uh charge it up it's a lithium battery Mm. it'll last quite a long time you can then vary not only the brightness of the light but you can vary the temperature of the light oh i see it's a very steely blue at the moment you can go for blue you can go through yellow to get uh, any temperature you like and there is an app that goes with it for both iphone and Android, uh, where you can control the colour and the brightness of the light through the through the app, you could photograph a, uh, a colour with the phone and get the lamp to match that colour. I have no idea really why you want to do that, mm-hmm. but you can also simulate things like flickering fly- fires and, and candle flames or a, a TV flickering in the distance. So if you're doing video and you want to add a little bit more atmosphere, you can have this flickering away in the background. And That's very clever. I, I've used this actually to get some, some very, very nice photographs, particularly uh, things like museum objects inside cases where you can't use a flash, yes. it'll have to reflect off the case. But with this, you can move it around, you can position it exactly where you want, and you can pretty much guarantee you get a much better picture with it. That's fantastic. So tell us again what that's called. This is called the Kick Light. Um, as I say, $179, which Google tells me is £111. From uh, Rift Labs, R-I-F-T Labs dot com, with free shipping, free worldwide shipping, and that must be worth paying for. Thank you very much. And it's Norwegian. I'm with uh, Steve Kaplan, and we're talking about gadgets and gizmos. So what are we going to be looking at next? Well, I'm going to look at something um, which I don't like. (laughs) Okay. Because I think the wider world needs to hear about this. This is a gadget called the Tile. And this was launched to a tremendous fanfare. Oh, yes, I think I've heard about it. You would have heard about Everyone's heard about this. What it is, it's a uh, a tile about an inch, just over an inch square. Do we like inches or do we like centimetres? Well, you were in metric before, but you know me. I'm old-fashioned. I'm very happiest with with imperial measurement. It is a plastic tile about 2.54 centimetres square. (laughs) Yes, yes. um, And about, you see, I'd say that's about 5 mil thick. 
um, in inches. I don't know. That's somewhere just around it's about thin. a quarter. It's thin. Yes. It's thin. With a hole in the corner and it says tile on it. And it's white. So it's quite an attractive looking device. And the idea is that you pair this via Bluetooth with your phone. It can be, again, iOS or it can be an Android phone. Almost certainly doesn't work with BlackBerry, but then I don't think anything does these days anyway. Right. And you attach it to your keys, or you stick it onto your laptop, or you stick it onto your dog, or anything you don't want to lose. And the idea is that you can go to your phone and you can find it, um, which is great. Except it's very inaccurate. Oh, really? uh, it very okay. often can't find it. When it does find it, it doesn't tell you which direction it's in, which is kind of frustrating. So you're in your house, yes. and it says, uh, "Yes, it's it's there. Keep looking." And it puts up these. It pops up these helpful statements like, "You're getting close," and "You're getting closer." <laughs> But you don't know which direction it's in. Of course, you don't know which floor it's in. So it might be upstairs, it might be downstairs, it might be under a sofa. You can't possibly find it. So if you're playing a party game, then that might actually be quite good fun. But if you're actually trying to find something you need to find urgently before leaving the house, it's going to drive you insane. It's going to drive you insane. And I seem to remember it's not that cheap either. I do remember looking at it and thinking that might be a bit expensive for something that really just it's tells not you where really you put something uh, down. I forget exactly how much these uh, retail for. I think they're about £20 each. Um... So one downside is it's somewhat inaccurate. Another downside is that if when it loses it, it reports its last known position. If it can't actually link to it via yeah. Bluetooth, um, in my tests, the last known position was over a mile away from where it actually was. Right. Which is, I think, taking yes. an accuracy <laughs> yes. a little too far. Right. Uh, you can press a button on the phone and the tile will beep. But it beeps very quietly. And if you're outdoors, which is where you're quite likely to have lost your keys um, it is beeping too quietly to hear and the phone saying you're close keep looking really yes. doesn't help in if you don't know in my case they're in. usually in the car but it would be very useful to actually know that rather than I wouldn't of it course, would be it. nice to know that so so essentially it's a really clever idea that has been imperfectly executed it, yes it, so yes if would... it worked the way it should work you would actually be very keen on it if your phone could tell you which direction it was in that would be yeah. great Okay. Um, it can't, and it should do. The other big drawback is, as you can see, it is a seamless piece of plastic, which means you cannot replace the battery. The oh. battery is reckoned to last a year, after which you throw it away and buy another one. Mm. Okay. So, so I, I can think, see why um, you don't like that. Yes, yes. I don't like that. It does. Though, though knowing how much you like design, you like the look of it, if nothing else. Exactly. Yes. I <laughs> like the look. Um, you will have seen this viewed all over the place. I reckon that's a no. Now, I know every week when you come in, you're going to want to talk about one of the subjects that's very dear to your heart, and that is 3D printing. You are the only person I know who has a 3D printer. You even had a website devoted to 3D printing. Um, so perhaps you'd tell us where we are with the whole business of 3D printing, because, you know, a year or maybe even two years ago, I was reading how this was going to be the next really big thing, but I'm not sure how much real 3D printing in the real world I've seen so far. Indeed, 90% of what you read and hear about 3D printing is nonsense. And that's because the newspapers, the TV, even radio, dare I say it, loves a sensation. Hmm. So you will see headlines like, there's someone printing guns, they're printing whole houses, you'll be able to print your own prosthetic limbs, you yes. can print your own pizzas. I saw a piece in, I think, the Daily Mail a while ago that ended up, how long before teenagers start printing their own drugs? <laughs> That's <laughs> OK, you can print out of PLA, 
which is plastic. It may be short for polylactic acid, but frankly, it's not that kind of acid. Right. So this is ridiculous, yes, yes. absolutely absurd thing to say. So, however, you can print things at the moment that you need. So what I brought in this week is a keyring, and on this keyring are four items that I've printed myself. One is a little holder. You can hear it jangling. That's not a sound effect. That's a real keyring. A little holder for a USB stick, so you can always carry a USB stick on your keyring. Okay, suddenly I think that is actually quite That's useful. Quite I'm useful. always using my USB stick. My current um, way of avoiding this is having a very, very long ribbon tied to it in the hope that I will notice that around well, And then tying the other end to your, your doorknob at home so that well, wherever you go, you just pull the ribbon to find well, your way back. I just find bits of ribbon and at the end of it, usually there's a USB stick. But I can <laughs> see that would be quite useful having it on a key ring. Yes, it's, okay. I think it's more useful. Um, there's also a little S-shaped hook um, and this is a very interesting thing because this is designed for clipping onto your the top of your trouser pocket when you have your keys in your pocket. So rather than them fall into the bottom of your pocket, you have to scrabble for them, this hooks onto the top. Now, what's interesting about this is it is too small, too cheap, and too insignificant an item to be worth manufacturing. You couldn't charge yes, enough for this to be, make it worth the while of any shop storing it. But you can print one yourself. It takes about five minutes to print. It costs maybe three pence in, mm. uh, in material. And you have a genuinely useful tool. Yes, of course, you have to have your sort of mind to even think that that sort of thing would be worth inventing in the first place. But I agree now that you mention it, that it would actually be incredibly useful. You don't need to invent it. All these things I've downloaded from a website called Thingiverse. Right. Uh, which is like universe, but with a thing at the beginning, um, which is a global repository of 3D printable objects. And every day, a hundred or more new objects are submitted to Thingiverse. Some of them are rubbish. Mm. Some of them are very, very good. Here's another one. This is a wedge, and it's a wedge that is about three centimeters long by two centimeters wide, mm. um, ranging in thickness from... Um, about five mil at one end to about a millimetre at the other end. And the idea... Well, can you tell me what this is for? What would you use such a wedge for? It fits on your keyring. It is quite easily detachable from your keyring just by sliding it off the keyring. What would you What would you do with such an object? OK, I'd like to be really clever and say that I know, but short of keeping a door open, I can't really think of anything. It's too small for keeping a door open. It is for levelling the tables in restaurants when you sit at a table that's wobbling. <laughs> Are you okay. serious? It yes, is, of course That it is work. what it's for, and it works perfectly. Again, not the kind of thing you would ever go and buy in a shop, but the no. kind of thing that you can print yourself at home, and it actually works. I can see that. Well, now, so you've given us a flavour then of some of the things that we can use with 3D printing. We're going to talk in subsequent weeks about um, other objects we can print, the sort of things you, you might want to do, whether it's worth getting a 3D printer, and if we do, which one you ought to get. Um, perhaps you should mention you've got your own 3D um, uh, printing website. You may as well at least tell people where that is. They can get an idea of the sort of things you've been doing. The website is called 3D Genius, um, and it's uh, spelled 3dgenie.us, or of course, 3dgenius.com will take you there as well. I have bought both URLs. That's how much I care about 3D <laughs> printing. And the purpose of it was when I got my 3D printer, um, it was very hard to set up. And 3D printers are still at the stage where you have to be 
uh, an enthusiast to want to do it. If we think in terms of computers, these are still very much at the Apple II end. We are not anywhere near the, the iMac or 3D printing yet, let alone the iPad. So much like Share Radio in the early startup days. I mean, it's still terribly exciting. Anything could happen. Steve Kaplan, thank you very much indeed. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.